Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo. Over in Tupelo, it'd be a little weird, Robbie. Robbie, it'd be a little strange if uh, Brupolo was in Benford. Hmm, that would be a little weird. Bruford works though. It does work, but you know, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's the be- the best way to to go. So I'm just saying, ben- Benford, huh? Benford, like B E B I N Ford. Okay. You want to guess the county? Uh, it's in, is it in North Mississippi? It is. Around, right around Tupelo? Uh, a little further south. Monroe County. You're right. It's so that's around West Point uh, and Aberdeen. Aberdeen. It's between West Point off, and Aberdeen. Off of 45. Uh what is this road here? Well, you take you go you go forty five alternate like you're going to Tupelo, and then you turn on to twenty five like you're going to Aberdeen, and you'll get okay. there eventually. What is this? I don't even know what road this is. Yeah, you, you you're gonna have to take some country roads to get there, but that's fine. That's fine. It's a lot of great places. It, it would be very difficult to put a Brupolo in Benford, exactly. but not too long, not not too far away from Tupelo. You can just drive right down the road to Tupelo and get you a nice coffee there. I was able to work this bit, by the way, onto the big show yesterday. Because, oh, that's excellent. Because they were, they were talking about the sponsors of our our promotion for the Morgan Wallen concert, and one of them was Hamilton Nutrition. And Richard was like, Hamilton Nutrition in Hamilton? And so I just waited. And as soon as he got done talking, I was like, be a little weird if Hamilton Nutrition was in Tupelo, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, I was wondering if you were going to go there. So wherever you're Hamilton State. Strange Brew Coffee is just a click away. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it to be delivered to your door. You can have it every single morning. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter at your house, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. And they've got the logos that you want, great name brands, and great sales going on all the time. Check them out online, collegecornerstore.com, or check out either of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They were flowing by the half shell. Whether you want clothes for the car, for your, not clothes for the car. You shouldn't put clothes on your car. Clothes for clothes, the car. comma. Stuff for your car, for your house, for your tailgate. They got you covered at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Starville's best restaurant this weekend with baseball going on. Be a packed house. Every night at Restaurant Tyler, people getting the great food that they have there and the great experience they provide to their guests every single time out. The best lunch in town for 
a Southern Blue Plate, best dinner in town for white tablecloth dining, and then the best Sunday brunch in town. It's all under one roof. It's right there for you at Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout Central Mississippi to serve you. We talk about it all the time on this show, about you want to eat local, you want to shop local, you want to bank local too. And that's why it's important to have 16 locations, because that means there's one conveniently located to you in Central Mississippi. And when you want to make a decision about yourself and make a loan decision, you want to talk about something for your car, you want a small business loan, a personal loan, you talk to the people you've built that relationship with at your Priority One Bank branch. You don't have to worry about them going up the chain to someone you've never met. No, every decision is made locally. If you check them out online, PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Big series for Mississippi State baseball this weekend. The Vanderbilt Commodore, Commodores are coming in 16-5 uh, and five on the year. Uh, took a couple of losses on the neutral fields. They played a couple of those uh, preseason tournaments and, and, and took some losses there, but they seem to have figured some things out. Not a great hitting team, only hitting 267 as a team, only two guys above 300, 26 home runs as a team. But from a pitching perspective, Robbie, this is an outstanding team, and that's pretty much what you would expect from Vanderbilt, right? They've always had so, so many great arms. Uh, team ERA of 3.09. Teams are only batting 191 against them. Uh, their top two starters, Hunter Owen and Carter Holton, which are great Vanderbilt names, also could be could be Ole Miss names, just for the record. They could, they could. Uh, two, both of them, two and zero in the season, both with an ERA under two point four. They have a combined uh, four pitchers who have made a combined nineteen appearances that have not given up an earned run in about thirty combined innings. So they're, they're, some of their relief staff has just been really lights out uh, for them up and down this lineup. This is just a really good, solid pitching staff. They're going to play. You think they're going to play low-scoring games, but then you look to last weekend with Ole Miss, and they were able to get runs on the board. Now, I think some of that is an indictment that Ole Miss's pitching isn't quite up to where they want it to be at this point. But this is a really good Vanderbilt team. I found it interesting listening to Kendall Rogers on Wednesday's Sports Talk Mississippi, where he said he thought State might be catching Vanderbilt at the right time. That they might be, you know, a little, little high in the clouds at this point. I do not see it that way. I see a Vanderbilt team that's kind of locked in and playing really good baseball. Yeah, you just never know, really. I mean, we thought State was locked in last week, and we saw what happened there. But the thing is, Vanderbilt has proven it, and they've shown through <clears throat> over twenty games now that they can pitch it. I, I don't think there's any glaring concern from them from a pitching perspective. State's walked like what forty more guys than they have. Uh, so they're striking out a lot of batters. They're not walking a ton of guys, and their earned run average is, is hovering around three runs. And they give up four runs in uh, a combined three games against an offense that I think is pretty good in Ole Miss. So Vanderbilt stayed on the season has walked 135 batters, right? Leading guy for walks is Bradley Lofton with 24. State has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different pitchers in double digits and walks allowed, right? Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt has allowed 79 walks, and none of their pitchers have allowed double-digit walks. Yeah, just, they're not going to give any bases away. Right. Um, and, not, you know, they, they've hit some guys, but they're not they're, they're not going to lose a lot of batters. They're not going to get down 3-0. They're, they're going to get ahead in counts. And what also troubles you a little bit is you have three left-handed pitchers starting this ballgame. State's I haven't seen the splits, but I imagine State's batting under 250 against lefties. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're just they just haven't been great, uh, and the ones that they've teed off on are bad pitchers mm-hmm. that they haven't really faced a really good lefty and done well against them. So that's a little scary coming into the weekend because you think that when you have with Vanderbilt, I mean, the three guys that are right now uh, the top two guys, the top two lefties have thrown nearly 30 innings this year. So they're going to run it deep into a ball game more mm-hmm. than likely unless state's able to just jump on them early. And then you start getting in the bullpen and my God, Nick Maldonado is still there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nick Maldonado, oh. 0.00 ERA in eight appearances. He has three saves, 11.2 innings pitch. He's only given up two hits and has struck out 16 batters are a whopping .056 against him. Yay! Getting a hit every one hit every 20 at bats against Nick Maldonado right now. Oh boy. Yeah, state's got their hands full this weekend. And this series it, it's it's more to me it's more about the big picture of MSU baseball at this point than it is just the wins and the losses and and these three games, right? These we said last week that we didn't want to call the first series of the year season-defining. But unfortunately, because of the way that series played out, I feel like we're at that point now. If State is swept again, I mean, you feel like you've hit – I mean, I hope at that point you've hit the bottom. But I don't know that you have. I, I don't I don't know what to make of this team if they get swept again. I, at the same time, I don't have any confidence that they can find a way to win this series just based on the way Vanderbilt is playing right now and the way Mississippi State is playing right now. This is a a massive series to be so early in the season. Give you, I'm gonna make you do it. Give some positive thoughts. Give some optimism for state to at least be able to get a game out of this. Well, the positives are that this team doesn't hit it extremely well. Um, I mean, the problem is you're putting guys on base. I mean, state issues haven't really been. They're getting knocked around. It's mostly been. They're making mistakes, and other teams are making them pay for it. It's not so much, you know, teams are just, you know, hitting bombs everywhere on these guys, but it's just it's it's a team that doesn't swing it extremely well. If if you can pound the strike zone, and that's a big if with this team. If you're consistently pounding the strike zone, you're not walking the bases, and you're not getting yourself in trouble there, then you have a shot to kind of keep this manageable going into late innings, and that's when things can really work in your favor when you knock a starter out of the game or whatever. So, I mean, for State, I, I don't think this is a game – this is a series that it's like Tennessee last year, you know, where they could just – I mean, if you throw a strike, they're going to make you pay for it. And if you walk if you walk them, you're going to make you pay for it. I don't think that Vanderbilt is quite like that offensively. Agreed. They're one of those teams like they're going to get on the bases. They're going to run on you. They're going to make things difficult from a defensive perspective when they're on the base paths. Um, and that's where state has to correct some things. They've got they've got to keep them from getting on base by free pass from a hit batter to a walk or something like that. They've stolen thirty two bases this year. States state, people are running all over state, so that's very scary to think about when you have a guy like Enrique Bradfield at the top of the order that can still on command. State's got to be able to have you know clean innings. They've got to keep. Guys off the base, you can't walk a dude to lead off the inning. They can't come out on on Friday night and uh, Drangelo walks Enrique Bradfield 
to start the game or whoever's leading off. And I don't know if Bradfield's leading off. I meant to ask you about that. What is your over-under on stolen bases for Enrique Bradfield this week? I'm going to set it at five and a half. I, I might go over on that. It just, yeah. it just depends on if he's on base. I mean, he's if he not gets hitting on base, well. he's getting a steal. It's just that simple. He's not hitting it well, but he leads the team in walks. He's still very good at getting on base. So, I mean, State cannot put him on. You, you've yeah. got to attack him. He's batting 247. So, throw it to him. Make these guys beat you. I mean, it's it's infuriating when you're not doing what you have to do to make the other team beat you. We've talked about it over and over again. The best hitters in baseball history got on base 37% of the time. 37 to 40% of the time, best hitters in history. Ted Williams batted, like, what, over 400 in One his time, career? Yeah. No. Um, did he bat it? I thought he batted over, like, 400 or something. Nobody batted 400 for their career, no. He batted well, once. He's the last okay. guy to do maybe, it. Maybe he did. No, that's my bad, then. Um so his, let's see what I've I've got to look now, just just to give you an idea of one of the 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 best hitters in baseball Williams history. Like three twenty three three forty four. No, okay. you're wrong. Right. I'm I'm closer to right than you are. You shut your mouth. Well, maybe not. You said three twenty and I said three twenty and you said four hundred. I'm I'm. Closer. I know I know you are closer. I was wrong on that. Would you too. like to know what Ty Cobb hit? He's the best hitter of all. Uh, what he hit? Three sixty seven for his career. Okay, so. The greatest hitters in baseball history get on base thirty six percent of the time. Yeah, and that's got hits. <laughs> yeah, got hits. So throw them the ball. Well, I mean, don't and put I, them I on think, base. I, mean, it's I like, think that that applies no matter how good a hitter is, right, Robbie? You have to be aggressive. Pitchers cannot go up there and be passive and try to nibble and try to just go up there with your best stuff and throw it. And if they hit it, they hit it. But I would, I you know, I I think we would feel a lot better at the end of the day if Vanderbilt sacks out, you know, fourteen hits to win, as opposed to they get ten runs on seven hits, but they had nine walks and a hit batsman, and that's how they got their runs. I mean, you just feel better if they get hits. So, so be I, I would say I don't care if you're 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 throwing to to uh, to Bradfield or to Shrek or Polk, who are both hitting over three hundred. You got to be aggressive with these guys. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's just uh, it's one of those deals where this weekend, I mean, you, I, I don't know. I, I hate to put it on like must win territory for state, but that's kind of where they are. That they, they've got to, they've got to get pick one. up some wins. They, they they have to at least just get one. They have yeah, to you at can't least get swept, and, and they need to be competitive in all three games. And that was the other thing about last weekend, Robbie, is they they just weren't competitive in those games. They, they Saturday and Sunday, they didn't look like an SEC baseball team playing Kentucky. I mean, well, and then Friday, you know, you you just didn't compete. You gave them the game. Yeah. I mean, you didn't compete enough to win that ball game. We're talking about wild pitches, walks. I mean, that that's that's what's really frustrating about it all is it would be one thing if you were just not good and you came out and you just got your butt beat. To come out and not attack the zone or um, not have a defensive swing on strike two not you know, not charge a baseball uh, and make a play defensively. I mean that that's what's the most frustrating thing about it all. And it's one of those deals where you know Chris Simonis has to find the guys that are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And if he's not doing what he needs to do to get them ready to do it, he's got to figure it out. He's got to motivate them to do it. Scott Foxhall, Scott Foxhall's got to motivate these guys to throw strikes. 
there's got to be a change in philosophy somewhere because whatever's happening isn't working. And that's at the top of the food chain all the way to the bottom. Whatever they're doing has to change. And I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to know um, anything from the Tuesday game. I mean, I, I thought State came out and played really well, but Arkansas mm-hmm. State stinks. Yes. I mean, they, they could have come out and, and won that game two to one, or they could have lost that game, I guess. But right. they did look locked in in that game, but you just don't know until you get into this weekend and measure yourself against some really talented players in Vanderbilt. We talked a lot about this on yesterday's pod. As we were recording right this second, State has not released the weekend rotation. It's one twenty-four p.m. on Thursday. What do you predict will be the, the three pitchers for Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I think we're going to have a TBA in there on Saturday, probably. Um, you know, I think I believe Durangelo has done plenty to stay in the rotation where he is. I agree. He he didn't have a good start. Um, well, he didn't have a good start to his start on Friday. Yeah. I'll say that. I thought the start was good as a as a whole. I thought the, the next four innings that he pitched, I thought he was really good, and. You know, you put it all together, that was a solid start on the SEC on Friday night. So he hasn't really done anything that I'm saying. He needs to be pushed out a day or pushed out of the rotation altogether. I think he's fine. But you could certainly make a case for uh, some movement with Landon Gartman. Um, but it really just depends on who's healthy. Now, I don't know if you're – even if Kate Smith is healthy, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to start right, right. away. Because he hasn't pitched in a few weeks, you don't want to throw him out there and he's rusty on a Sunday and you're looking for a series win or something. All right. You know, I, so I could see him maybe getting an inning to, if he's good to go, an inning or two of relief, and then starting the game uh, Tuesday against Samford. I could see that. Yeah. So what what I think will happen is it'll be TBA on Saturday, mm-hmm. maybe or on Sunday, mm-hmm. and Laney Gartman starts the other game. That's what I think is going to happen. I think I think Gartman probably starts on Saturday and then the TBA whoever they have left. And is it TBA based on whether or not they've pitched Nate Dome at that point? Could be. Very well could be. I, I don't know if they throw him into the fire like that or not. I'm not sure. But I feel like Gartman and Durangelo are pretty safe for the most part just because you don't have a ton of options right now that you feel great about. Mm-hmm. But I, I think eventually it would not shock me to see a rotation of Durangelo on Friday, Nate Dome on Saturday, Cade Smith on Sunday. We shall see. I, I, I think eventually I, it's either going to be what you just said or it's going to be Bradley Lofton, one of the two. I think I yeah. think Bradley Lofton will get weekend innings next week against South Carolina. I don't know if it'll be a starting role or if they'll start him off in the bullpen or what, but Again, it just goes back to what you were saying. You know, we, we, you've got to find these right options. You got to find the right guys, and you got to go with the guys who you feel are going to compete. And if nothing else with Bradley Lofton, we know that he's going to compete. He's going to throw strikes. Um, it looks, you know, he had a much better uh, start on Tuesday night with the walks. He was, he was, you know, in command, and we'll see if that can carry over. You almost wish he could get an inning this weekend somehow, just to, just to keep that momentum going. But I'd be surprised to see him after he threw as many pitches as he did. On uh on Tuesday, uh, I know the weather is an issue uh, on Friday. Mississippi State has not made any kind of announcement regarding that. I know that over in Louisiana, they've moved Friday's game with LSU and Arkansas up to noon. 
So I won't be totally surprised if we get like a one o'clock first pitch, try to get ahead of that weather. Uh, we'll find out. Obviously, I'll tweet it. Robbie will tweet it if we get the uh, the information. But right now, 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock are your start times for a three-game set with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Big set, big series for Mississippi State. They've got to try and find a way to bounce back. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're uh, firing up the grill, throw some steaks on it. I'm going to. That's uh, I was thinking about that today. I was like, what am I going to cook this weekend? When I get home Sunday from the Vanderbilt game, I'm, I'm going to throw some steaks on the grill. You know why? Because I like steak, and they're quick and easy to cook. So why not do that? And that's just, you know, if you this weekend, if you're traveling, you're like, you're coming for baseball, a steak is a great thing to cook, be it in the pan or on the grill, because all you got to do is get the thing fired up. Once you Whatever you're cooking on is hot, that steak can be ready to go. So... Wherever you're headed this weekend, pick up a big pack of ribeyes or fillets, whatever it is you're looking for, throw them on the grill and have a great time. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. And, of course, again, this weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday, should be nice weather out here in Starkville. I expect the patio will be full. I expect the uh, the cold beer to be flowing, and I expect the Barbecue tacos to be outstanding. I, I still am jonesing for a taco, Robbie. I still haven't had one. Need to make that happen before uh before too much longer. Otherwise, I'm going to uh I'm going to lose it. And we don't want nobody wants that. Everybody just calm down. It's gonna be okay. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, two brothers smoked meat, smoked southern soul food in the heart of the cotton district. I know you'll be there this weekend. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems, they like to deliver it to you. And they've got 48 years of experience doing exactly that. When you need tra- technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, call them back. You talk to the same people who made you the sale. No overseas call center, no out-of-state consultant to make an appointment with, and you'll see them next week sometimes. Now, somebody here in the state of Mississippi that you can trust, that you can count on, and they'll deli- take care of your problem usually within a day or two. Your business can't afford to wait, and neither can you. Call Advantage Business Systems at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and their collegiate collection, that's the place to find the pullovers and polos that you want to get. Great name brands, great styles, and of course the logos that you want. The M over S, the state script. That's what you're looking for right now. That's what Mississippi State knows that, by the way. They're trying to keep it from you, but they know. Look, at every time you see a coach now, what are they wearing? They're wearing M over S. They're wearing state script. It's it's a process, but Robbie and I, we are making the changes. It's going to happen. So be ahead of the curve on that. Head to the Rogue. Check out their collegiate collection. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. This weekend, if you're looking for a sweet treat, the place to go is Dolce over on 509 University Drive, right next to Bluto's Greek Tavern. Of course, if you want to hit them up for breakfast Saturday morning, that's a great choice as well. Bagels, breakfast sandwiches, and some of the best coffee in town. But then in the afternoon, you know, you get, you, we get done with that baseball game, you're thinking, hey, Bulldogs win. I deserve a little treat. Because you played your role. You played your role. Go get one. Go try the gelato over at Dolce. It's incredible. It's fantastic. Lots of different flavors. The kids will love it. Head over there now to where Starkville satisfies its sweet tooth at Dolce 509 University Drive. 
Robbie, 24-7 released an article, uh, I think this was on Wednesday, where they ranked every SEC projected starting quarterback in tiers. And when, when I say tiers, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, like... We weren't, we weren't crying over them. <laughs> Who's going to make you cry the most this year? Let's rank these Some let's rank fans might have cried when they saw where their quarterback was ranked. But... <laughs> What I mean was, it wasn't done numerically. It wasn't like, okay, here's number one, and then here's two through four. It was, it was done under a different kind of pretense. So let's just sort of go through it. Uh, the the first tier was the much to prove tier, where they listed Brady Cook from Missouri, Robbie Ashford from Auburn. I can't believe, I still don't believe he's going to be their starting quarterback, but whatever. Uh, then you have the pressure to perform tier: Graham Mertz at Florida, eek. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I was a little surprised to see him there. I, I I get that there's pressure to perform, but I feel, I honestly feel it's like because he, of the quarterback room. I guess you know I just feel like I feel like he's underrated, which I hate to say, but it is what it is. You have the chance to shine tier: AJ Swan from Vanderbilt, Connor Wiegman from Texas A&M, and Devin Leary at Kentucky, the uh, NC State transfer. He's a guy I have a lot more faith in. I think he should be a little higher up. The replacing greats tier: Ty Simpson at Alabama. That's who we think is going to win that job. And then Carson Beck over at Georgia. Joe Milton at Tennessee, who we got a little taste of there at the end of the season and looks like he, he's he's going to be in good shape there. And then you have the poised to lead tier. These are the top four guys in the conference based on this article. Spencer Rattler, K.J. Jefferson, Jaden Daniels, and Will Rogers. This is what Brad has to say about Will Rogers. Can Rogers shake the system quarterback label? He'll get an opportunity this fall to show NFL scouts his full bag with Kevin Barbe taking over as Mississippi State's new OC. He runs a pro-style scheme, very different than the air raid attack that Rodgers had mastered. By the way, he misspelled Rodgers there. You want to let uh, R-O-D? Give him the R-O-D treatment, yeah. Oh, I hate that. That Rodgers has mastered over his career in Starkville. Rodgers, did it again, has 72 touchdown passes over the past two seasons and is one of the SEC's most accurate returning starters, part of that due to Mississippi State's reliance on the quick game. It'll be interesting to see how Rodgers operates in a different system entirely. So you could tell Brad, loyal listener to Thunder and Lightning, he's he's take, picking up a lot of our talking points there. What do you think about the, that assessment of, of Rodgers and and where they have him ranked? I mean, they've got him in the top four with with you know, I mean, Jaden Daniels is likely your first team All SEC quarterback. I think KJ Jefferson is likely first second team when we get to uh, July. Now, when we get to the end of the season, I fully expect Ty Simpson to be up there because he's Alabama's starting quarterback. But those are your top two guys for sure, and they've got Rodgers just below them. Is that about where you have Will going into the season? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think he makes some fair points too. I think he, you know, he mentions that he's got that label on him, and we've said the same thing. He's basically said the same thing we're saying. He's got to shake that label. Mm-hmm. He's got the air raid ties, but he. You know, we talked about him having some air raid concepts in high school. He ran that a little bit, but he ran this this kind of offense, not to a T in offense in uh, in high school. It wasn't the exact same, but he ran he ran pistol, he ran diamond, he ran a lot of these different sets in high school. So, to me, it's not it's not going to be a, a huge change for him. This isn't a guy that was like Sawyer Robertson and that was running the air raid. Mm-hmm. Um, exclusively in high school, and you know, I think that he understands it. I think he's going to uh, be fine in it. the The big question mark is how does he perform in this offense inside this league, running you know what some people would consider a gimmick style offense at um, 
at state the first three years, this is going to be a little different. The the splits aren't going to be wide. He's not going to be uh, throwing the the mesh routes and the crossing patterns and all this stuff. It's going to be a little different. But I, I think that he absolutely uh, is poised to lead, like this says here. I think that he is a top four quarterback in the league, and I think he's going to show it. I'll be honest. I mean, in that tier, I don't like Rattler. And I thought Rattler was very average last year. Now, he was outstanding. He looked like the number one pick in the draft that uh, that people had projected him to be two years ago against Tennessee and against South Carolina against uh, Clemson. Looked fantastic yeah, that, in those games. That's that's what's that's what's uh, that's what's hazing Brad's eyes. I think a little bit here. I agree. And Brad agree. is a South Carolina guy. Brad, yeah. you got to remember that Brad is. I mean, he leans a little bit towards Carolina. I love Brad. I think he's very fair, but. He's always been a little higher on Spencer Rattler than I have. And Spencer was not good last year until late in the season. Very average. Yeah. Now, the tools are there. He's got some good tools, but, you know, Will Levis did too. That doesn't mean it's going to translate consistently to the college level. And um, then, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, that. I think you could put him in that tier as a possibility based on what you saw late in the year. And you could say, you know, maybe he's turned a corner. But I think we're going to see him kind of uh, – it's going to steady out to the point where he's a little below average. Or maybe not below average. Average is probably fair for him yeah. from a production standpoint. The talent is there, but I just – those those two games are not going to offset the previous couple of years that we saw for Spencer Rattler for me. Yeah. I do think – like I said, I think Devin Leary is underrated here. I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country two years ago. And he got hurt. If he's healthy, I, I fully I expect him to have better numbers than Will Levis did. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a better, I think he's a better quarterback. Maybe not a bit the physical prospect, but as a quarterback, you know, I, I like him better than I like Levis. And then you have Dart, who I think if Ole Miss doesn't go out, look, getting Walker Howard's one thing, right? I think Walker Howard coming in, sort of the QB of the future, right? Nobody, you know, I don't think anybody expects Walker Howard to win that job this year. But you're right. When they got Sanders, it became all of a sudden like, do they not believe in Dart? And I, I told Richard this, and I, I didn't. I, I watched, I think, almost every Ole Miss game last year for the most part, and there was never a game where I was just like, he's costing them this game. Like if they were better at quarterback, they'd win this game. You know, I, every game they lost, maybe Alabama might be the only one, but I mean, it, it's Ole Miss versus Alabama. I don't know that it really mattered who the quarterback was. I don't know if you switch Bryce Young and Jackson Dart, Bryce Young takes Ole Miss to victory that day. I, I thought that, you know, for the most part, their problems were all defensive. So I was really surprised for Sanders to come in. You know, I got to do it with a, with a state fan who uh, ended up deleting his account because he made a fat joke about me, and then, you know, <laughs> people decided to hop, to hop on that. Uh, which made me laugh. And then, and then he'll be probably saying, you're soft I'm, and... Well, it's like it's my fault that I did it. Yeah. Uh, that said, what, what do you think of Dart? What's your just assessment of him? Is he like we said? You think those are the top four guys, right? The 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 ones they have listed. Where's Dart for you? I think he's right there. I think he's I think he's could be top five in the league. Mm-hmm. The talent is obviously there. I thought the production was there last year. I I didn't think he was bad at all. Mm-hmm. I thought he handled that. I mean, you're replacing a guy that you could. This is going to uh, ruffle some feathers with the Ole Miss fans, but you could put Matt Corral right there with Eli Manning in Ole Miss history. Absolutely. 
Um, and I think even some Ole Miss people would would agree with that. They should. So you, that guy's one of the replace, greatest quarterbacks they've ever had, easily. You replace quite possibly the best quarterback in Ole Miss history with a guy that had not won the job at USC. I thought it was very unfair for them to place five-star expectations on him. I, I, I didn't think that he was a five-star. I still don't think he's a mm-hmm. five-star guy. He's very that's good. First, that's a first-round draft pick. Right. I, I don't know if he's no, that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that offense is uh, very quarterback friendly, mm-hmm. and you know if he if he's able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. I, people are starting to already pencil in you know Spencer Sanders winning that job or right. He's going to hold on to that job if he's healthy, in my opinion. I, I think he's going to hold on to it. He's talented enough to run it. I think I think what his what Brad's point is on the pressure to perform boils down to he's got to step his game up to beat off another. What? Uh, you were saying? But to reconsider okay. your statement there. Okay, I had a, I had a few minutes. We had to take a little time off there. I had a few oh no, no, that to, that, that will thoughts. remain in the uh, the show. That's going to remain. Oh shoot! Okay, that might be clipped out for yeah. for many people for many years. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, you know, Jackson Dart's going to have to play really well to hold off Spencer Sanders from taking his spot uh, this year. And I, some people thinking that you know Spencer Sanders is going to kind of walk in and take that from him. That's going to be very difficult. I agree. I agree, hundred um, percent. A year in the system for Jackson Dart, a year plus at this point. Um, I think that his, you know, obviously his leash is going to be much shorter this year because he's got a guy behind him that can run that offense. Yeah. But he's much better, I think, than a lot of people give him credit for. I just don't put him in that five-star category that we labeled him. I, I agree with that because, like you said, I, he's not. I don't think he's a potential – I don't think he's a future first-rounder, but he is definitely a good quarterback. And he's got an NFL future. There's no question about that for me. But, you know, as a first-round, you know, can't-miss kind of guy – no, I don't say. I mean, unless somebody's because he also doesn't have the physical tools. He's 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 not that he's not a good athlete, but he doesn't have the physical tools that Levis and Richardson have. That's what's why they're getting first round buzz. So it's just yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think Rogers is going back to Rogers. I think he's fairly ranked in this. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be some questions, but he's had so much production over the years. You can't not rank him among the top returners uh, in the conference, and and I, I think he's he's probably ranked appropriately yeah no doubt um the big question for me is does he get that sec record for career yards i think he does needs around 2400 so that seems like i mean seems very doable it's it's doable but well i mean i'm very i'm i'm just really intrigued to see how this offense sets up this year um it's just there's there's so many Things that can happen with this offense this year, but we just don't we don't really know. I mean, because we've seen Kevin Barbet's offense has looked a little bit different at Central Michigan as mm-hmm. compared to what it was at Appalachian State, mm-hmm. and it kind of boils down to you know what we were saying when he was hired about how he would probably adjust to the personnel that he has on the field. So, and with that in mind, is he going to be a little more pass happy in this offense this year with a quarterback that likes to throw it around? Yeah, and a lot of wide receivers. 
So last year at App State, Chase Bryce, who's their their starting quarterback, threw for 29-21. So if if Rodgers gets that, he would have Aaron Murray's record as the top passer of all time uh, in in the Southeastern Conference. So looking just looking at Bryce's stats for the season last year, 2,921 yards, 27 touchdowns to only six interceptions, completed just right under 63% of his passes. Uh, so just really, really solid up and down uh, for Chase Bryce. Hopefully, if, if Will Rogers can duplicate those numbers, Mississippi State's going to be fine. They're going to win plenty of yeah. games. Uh, this... Yeah, 3,000 3, passing yards, and then mm-hmm. you rush for another twenty, almost 2,500. Yeah, you're, you're in good shape there. That's right. a well-balanced offense, man. That's what – I mean, what's funny about that is, you know, we've been told by people on the internet that Mississippi State's about to run, you know, the wing tee. Yeah, that's what Basically, it feels like. Yeah. And they and they actually threw for more yardage at App State last year than they rushed. Yes. So, well, you know, I think a lot of people are going to have their yeah, eyes still. opened on this. I mean, even Kevin Barbet kind of mentioned that. I don't know if he's been reading our message boards, but he kind of mentioned it. You know, people think that you know when they see pro style that they're going to come out there under center, and we will do that from time to time. But they're going to run the I formation, the Maryland I, and the ace back or something like that. Right. But this offense is very multiple. It runs a multitude of different sets, and it's pulled from all kinds of different base offenses. He will have some air raid concepts in there. I mean, people have got to understand, like, the gimmick offense, the philosophy of one base offense is kind of moving away. Yeah. You got to be able to, to, all, to do different things. Yes. Offensive absolutely. coordinators are pulling from all different kinds of offenses. Mm-hmm. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of were kind of at the forefront of that. You know, they would come out in high formation or uh they would run speed option or something like that. Um, but they'll run a lot of air raid concepts too. I mean, that's what we're seeing in football right now. Agreed. All right, we'll be back on uh, Sunday evening. Uh we'll we'll recap what happened at uh Duty Noble. We'll talk uh probably a little more football, a little more basketball. Maybe the portal uh, will open up for Mississippi State uh, this weekend. We'll find out. Plenty to talk about, though, when we're back with you on Sunday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again then. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Get up, get up, Drop the bombshell straight to the track The 21st century killing machine Burned on the inside of five-headed team Now I'm not the same Because you're not the same And you're not the same A Super Talk Mississippi media production